0: hello welcome to another episode of the ticket to anywhere podcast we appreciate y'all for coming back to listen to us or watching us and yes i said watch because we are a visual podcast as well so check us out on our youtube channel ticket number two anywhere podcast show some love and hit that subscribe button as well but if you rather listen to us on the go we're streaming on spotify Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Pocket Casts. So <laughs> I'm Trizzy. I'm
1: Leah, also known as LA in Flight. And welcome back, everyone. We're super excited for our next episode here today. We're with Denise Castaneda, who is a Los Angeles expat living in London she focuses on luxury travel being an expat but also getting away on the weekend enjoying everything life has to offer on a trip whether it be the street food and how inexpensive it is or like going to bougie restaurants and hotels so Denise I love that you cover the wide range of travel and um, thank you for being here why don't you introduce yourself a little bit
2: Sure. Thanks for having me. So my name is Denise. I am like I, like they've said. I'm an LA expat who's now living in London. So a full time job in consultancy that brought me over here. Um, gosh, how long has it been? Like in 2017. So it's been it's been a while since I since I kind of moved over here. So um, yeah, a lot of that's kind of keeps me busy a lot during the day. But um, I've actually gotten a little bit more involved from um, an Instagram perspective, and really kind of started off using it to sh- kind of share my travels, share kind of what my life's been like since I moved over here, um, and it's kind of expanded a little bit more into um, a blog that I started last year to kind of share more travel tips, things to do, um, and kind of just what I get up to, both like on the weekends and taking as much advantage of my full time, my full time paid vacation days as much as possible because, yeah. you know that's always very important to take. And I think that's the one thing that has been so different moving over here too, is that there's a, you know, your time off is really respected as time off, which I think is great. So it allows, you know, it, it allows me to be able to kind of like see the world as I want to see it. So. That's
1: right. Awesome.
0: I love that's that. awesome.
1: Can you tell us a little more about the the process that you went through in order to get sponsored to work in London?
2: Yeah. So yeah, I, my, I think it kind of differs depending on your organization. So the funny thing is that I was at a point in my life and career where I was really looking for change. I grew up in LA, went to school in Arizona, went back home to LA to kind of start off my career, got the condo, did everything that you're supposed to do. And then just kind of felt stuck. So I really was just looking for a change. I knew travel was kind of a thing I liked. So it was stuck between either finding a new job outside consultancy or um, maybe moving to a different city in the U.S. And around the time I was thinking about that, um, there was a global email that came out in our office that said, um, oh, we're opening up positions if you, like for, you know, secondments over in these various offices if, if your profile fits. So Two of the options I ended up looking at were between um, London and and anywhere in basically Australia. So it was like it kind of fell into my lap really, like right when I thought, right when I was just thinking about I needed a big change, and I, yeah. I kind of had this inkling thing. I was like, I think this is really it. Like I, I think this is what I was kind of meant to do. So I was pretty lucky that they, my company, had a process where. Um, I interviewed for the new office kind of got my space over there and they're basically sponsoring me. Nice. Um, so yeah, like so the, I'm pretty lucky in that sense. I know for other people, it, it is difficult to get that sponsorship over in the UK just because of they're quite strict on their visa conditions. So if, if people are moving to London, I'd say the easiest way you want to do that is either one, if you're a student that makes it a bit easier because then you're able to get well I guess in non-pandemic times so like um mm-hmm. a student visa is usually it or it would be kind of through the um tier two like the professor I don't know what they're calling it now because they're changing the term next year but it's um. basically like the workers visa which is like a, which is basically what people go on so but yeah I started off with like a two-year stint um then ex- extended it for another three and then that ends i think towards the end of next year so we'll kind of see what happens there's there's potential opportunity for them to extend me but i'm not sure just depending on the visa laws at this point and then we'll kind right. of see who knows what we're all end up being so but who knows if you right.
0: even want to come back to america
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's a topic for a completely different podcast <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: 100%. What is the one thing that surprised you the most when you like got to London? Anything, it could be um, anything.
2: I think for me, especially being from LA, um just how easily connected things were. And I think it's just because I used to just live out of my car a lot. Like obviously mm-hmm. being in LA, we all know like it's massive traffic everywhere and if I wasn't on a if I wasn't on a plane Going, if I wasn't going to LAX to get on a plane to go with a client, I basically was just living in, <laughs> oh my car. Yes. Not like, just, just to like get to different places, see people and stuff. So like, I I think for me, the for, for me the biggest thing was just kind of the trans, the public transport and having it be really easy to get to places. I mean, sometimes here the trains are like, every, every city kind of has their thing. Like here, I get really teed off when like the trains are down for (laughs) over the weekend for repairs it's a slightly inconvenience but at the same time like it's my commute so much better than what it used to be um oh yeah
1: (laughs) oh I bet I mean we have virtually like public transportation doesn't really exist in Los Angeles unfortunately yeah unless you're going from Santa Monica to downtown and that's it
2: but yeah. even then, like, it's not even that great. Like I know he, I, I was talking to a friend of mine. He's also, um, he's an Aussie expat over here who, who I used to, who I met in LA because he's, he's a good friend of mine. And he was saying, I can't believe like when you used to li- like leave from from where I live which apparently I found out I'm not, I'm old neighbors with Trizzy. So from where, where kind of our area is and where he went to Santa Monica for us to both meet in downtown LA, was basically it was the same amount of time, and I was semi closer. So,
1: yeah, right. Um, you have to like live along the line.
2: Yeah, because so, LA um, is so massive. Yeah, a lot of a lot of the Brits over here when they when they talk about it, they're just like, yeah, like you real- I was like, no, you have to drive there. There's no, public <laughs>
1: there.
0: it doesn't. Exist. Right,
2: but, um, right. There's not.
0: oh man well have you visited london before um actually moving there or was that yeah
2: yeah so um i visited london with my family so actually for our parents um god what was it the 30th wedding anniversary so it was a couple years before i actually moved out it was my my mom's first time in europe so we did a massive trip to rome um to basically um several places in Italy. So we went to like Rome, Florence, Venice, and then uh, Milan, and then went to Paris for a week and then London slash Liverpool for about a week. So it was, it was a pretty good long trip. Wow. Yeah. Um, I like, like I said, I'm pretty, I'm pretty blessed with like, at least with the company I work with, I get decent days, but what I used to do is just clump it all together and then just be, I'm out for three weeks and I'm going international because if I go international, no one's going to call me. Yeah. You know, so that's that's basically what kind of started a lot of like my travels too. So, um so yeah, we did go to London for a week, and I really enjoyed kind of seeing the sights and stuff. The city is really cool, um and there's like loads to do. Even living here now, I talk to a lot of my expat friends over here, and there's you know, there's never a shortage of things for us to do or to see. Um, right. So like London was- is literally
1: one of my favorite cities. I was last, I was there last year, right before Glastonbury. I spent like six days there and it was my second um, time. Okay. Yeah. It was so fun. I mean, I would have considered moving there a few years ago, but it didn't, it didn't work out. So <laughs> yeah, we're so lucky to get to be there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, That's wonderful. I love hearing all about it. No, I know what the best part of me getting to know you via social media and getting to chat with you and connect Mm -hmm. with you was the fact that you travel a bit differently from myself, who I consider Mm -hmm. myself like a super bougie backpacker, broke in some ways, (laughs) rich in others. And then (laughs) Trizzy is like a budget mid-level backpacker. And, you know, you say that you're luxury travel, but you still like to enjoy the smaller things as well. So tell us a little bit about your travel style.
2: Yeah, I think my travel style is pretty, um, I I joke that it's kind of a little bougie on a budget, so to speak, too. So there's, um, for me, a lot of, like, out a lot of outside of my regular savings, I do save a good amount towards travel, because for me, the experiences I get, you know, visiting other countries, learning about other cultures, like, I think the experiences are really what's worth it the most for me. So um, even, and I'd say a lot of the times too, it's just it, it doesn't always have to be like the most bougie thing or like the most expensive thing. But so like like I've said, like I guess like you said before, like street food is definitely one of the things that like all anywhere there's a place that I can go to, like a hawker center or whatever that might be when I'm in Asia. Um, I'm totally up there trying good food because dining is one of the best things I like to do when when I travel. Food's really important for me because I like because <laughs> I think that's like a really important part of cultures as well. So um, it's definitely a mix where, you know, it's about, I try to balance, you know, if it's a nicer hotel, then, you know, what are the local cuisines and stuff that I can eat? Or if I'm like, you know, staying in an Airbnb, all right, let's go to like nicer restaurants or what are the activities that are unique to go and see? And it's, it's, for me, it's a, it's very experiential in that sense. So, um, and, I, and I definitely, you know, have to work with a budget <laughs> being a, being a millennial and also living in a very expensive city. It's not yeah, cheap totally. to live in London. So um, for me to be able to kind of um, fit that in and I, and I was pretty lucky before, even before I moved over here because um, I traveled quite a bit for work. So a lot of times I would, t- I, if I was anywhere new, I would try to tag in an extra day. E- just to even explore like a city so if I went to Chicago for a training I would have a, an extra day or two just to explore and see stuff over there um when I was going to Vancouver for work I was I, I actually have a godmother who lives over there so I stayed with her for a weekend before I had to go up to a random mining site for for work so it's just one of those things of like um I think kind of that sense of like being a bit savvy on how I you know save for miles use kind of you know, smartly used credit cards to kind of, and hacking and that to kind of make travel affordable for me allows me then to have a lot more nicer experiences in other areas. So I definitely try to find a balance within that. That's good. Life is all about balance. (laughs) (laughs) No,
1: that's, that's exactly what people are looking for. You know, they want to compare to others and be like, how am I doing this? How is Denise
2: doing this? You know? Yeah.
0: No, it's good. It's a good move to tack on extra days when the company is somewhat paying for you know. Yeah, I mean that's not happening
2: now. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but, well since I moved over, it's it's a different kind of. It's definitely different over here. It's a lot more local clients over here and more in the city. Mm-hmm. But then, um, I obviously then you know since moving over to London because it's such a it's such a good location to go to other places in Europe. It's you know taking weekend trips and it's not taking super long. You know super long trips where we're spending loads and loads of money because you have sometimes I feel like if you're in a place for a long time you're almost spending loads and loads of money because you are trying to take advantage of just being there Mm -hmm. um I find that a lot when I sometimes I find that that when I go to Asia, even though it's quite cheap, but, um, you know, the weekend trips over here, you then try to find ways to like make it affordable with like really cheap flights, which isn't always the best thing. I hate the budget airlines, but oh, it's, God. A to, it's a means standing to add <laughs> what we need to So
1: standing yeah, room sure. only.
2: <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Yeah, so, I had a bad experience recently where I had to because my luggage fit on the way over here, and then they're uh, like, "Oh, you have to put it in." I was like, "It fits on the way over here," and then they just charged me an extra sixty euro to bring my oh. bag. <laughs> so I was just like, and at that point, I was like, "We're at the end of my trip. My bags got to go home." Oh, so, right. Like, yeah. Go home. yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yep. I yeah. hate that. What are your resources like? How do you do your research for like activities, the food you eat? What's oh, everything. So I'm, I'm, me being a. PM by
2: nature, I am the ultimate planner. So um, between me and a couple of good friends of mine who who I've kind of made over here, there's kind of c- certain go to people who you know, are good at, at certain things. And I'm, I'm a little bit more of a broad stream of like, all right, you know, restaurants, whatever that may be and stuff. So it's, it's a little bit of, you know, looking on Instagram, looking on blogs, um, bloggers that I actually do, um, you know, depending on Google Google's just my best friend at this point. So um, but a lot of things I'll always kind of check out is like TripAdvisor, culture trip, a couple of like like basically Instagram too, just to see like if there's stuff kind of like things that are recent in the area. So if I'm I'm a big museum nerd, so if there's like an interesting exhibition, like I would love to go and see it if I could fit it in. Yeah. Um food wise, I'm I'm usually kind of looking through like Sites like Infatuation, Eater, obviously TripAdvisor is a fake one as well. Yeah. But also, I have a lot of really good foodie friends. And um, I, the good thing for me is like having the network that I do over here of, and, and good, good kind of friends of expats. Um, they love to travel too. So, a lot of times, it is word of mouth stuff as well, which I think is great because um, I actually have good friends. I've actually made good friends with um, some travel, like actual luxury travel advisors and that's like what they do for a living so nice. if I'm but there are also individuals who will eat at some really nice restaurants but also they know there's something local even if it's cheap they'll eat it because yeah. they know it's good so like mm-hmm. even getting yeah. insights from them of like they have to do these research for their clients like they're just giving me that information for my own friends which I think is great right you know?
1: I feel like you can't have, like, the fancy food without having the local street food. Yeah. Like, you have, you have to go that way. I mean, if you eat street food your whole trip, that's one thing, because that's, like, yeah. th- what the locals do every day. They're not outgoing. Yeah you know, to fancy restaurants, but yeah. that's good that you balance it out and that you have that network to be able to provide you with all of that as well. Yeah,
2: yeah. I I, we def, I definitely like to travel and kind of having that experience, like the local experience. So obviously like sightseeing and stuff is cool. Like I, I do like to see sites. I'm, I'm such an architecture nerd as well. Um, You'll hear me talk about like museums and art and all this stuff because I I actually had a minor in art history really randomly when I was right. at college so um those are things of like interest in mine so um for me see like I know some people aren't really into sightseeing some people are into like certain things on their trips mm-hmm. and I also do that too for my friends when we're on like these bigger group trips so how do you you know cater to different people yeah, um right but I'm one of those people who like I like everything so I just don't want to be able to see and do as much as I can mm-hmm. um which is Which is interesting because like now with COVID and stuff, like my trips are now a little bit different. Um, My last trip that I went to Crete, I was at a resort and it was one of those, um, and we got a really great deal. I think it was off, what what was that site? Voyage Prevay. They do like really good deals. So it was one of the things I was like, great, it's affordable. It's going to be a five-star resort and that's great. But it was so different from my usual trips because I'm used to kind of being out and about and seeing stuff and really eating like trying out different restaurants, things like that versus everything was at the resort. But it was great because, um, you know, in these times, like all I wanted was just like, one, just to get out of London, um, feel like I was away, but also it was like, I've been working really hard and like really late hours and I just kind of wanted to relax. And it was the Mm -hmm. first holiday I think I've had in a while where I just didn't do much and every day I was like all right today where where am I relaxing nice. at today where am I reading a book today and that was like a completely different travel experience so I was like it I didn't realize how much I would have liked it because I'm very much that individual who likes to be on the go and see it's everything yeah that so was one of those it, it was one of those things I was like, oh, I actually do kind of like this kind of trip. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I can only imagine, especially if you're
1: working hard, like, Trizzy and I are the same in that sense, too. We're always go, go, go. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I like sightsee, well, I sightsee all day, and then I like party all night. And yeah. so I'm like, gotta wake up somehow in the morning. <laughs> yeah. But so I don't how... do the partying. I know. Yeah, she just goes all day. <laughs> yeah. um, I was gonna say, I know you touched on like, traveling during COVID but what's it like I know I have a couple best friends out in London Mm -hmm. so they've been telling me about the lockdowns and the new restrictions new laws but like when you're traveling to Crete you said you were Crete Greece right yeah I was saying
2: Mm -hmm. Crete yeah in Greece um yeah it was weird (laughs) I don't know how else to explain it um I think you know I I wasn't too nervous about it because I just know for myself I did the restrict I did the things I could so obviously having my mask having like this thing that I carry around yeah. with me ever my hand sanitizer um you know wipes whatever that might be and I think you know the I think the thing that's surprising is too and I think that's an important thing is and that you know if you think from brand perspective and businesses like what made me the most uncomfortable was actually the flight because it was a bunch yeah. of airlines and they were trying to fit lots mm. of people in oh. and we the first, so on the way over was fine because we 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 went on like a Sunday evening. So it, it, it's a time where it's not that busy, but on the way back, there's so many people who are going back. And I think mm-hmm. that was one where I was just like, oh, I feel so uncomfortable. What am I going to do? I'm not going to not mm-hmm. come home.
0: Yeah. Um, right. Because
2: I need to come home. So, I mean, it's, um, but when we we're on the resort, I think for me, that was fine because we were like, we had our own transport over people they're very Mm -hmm. social distance um the resort did an amazing job in terms of like I've never felt unsafe when I was there um and are and like I think that's what it's a really interesting trend in like the industry too from Mm -hmm. there for from a travel perspective on kind of like the people who are really going to thrive are the ones who have the right policies in place and are doing their best um and I know that there's like, you know, before it wouldn't matter, but now I think it's like, it makes me think a little bit of like, okay, my next flight, who's my next flight going to be? I don't think it's going to have to be the cheapest one now. Yeah, So I might have right. to spend a little bit more money on that. So it's, right isn't going to be the easiest thing for a lot of people now, especially where, where, where times are at. But um, but yeah, right. the travel on the way over was, that was kind of the only thing. And then on the way back, um, I guess like Wednesday, I think when I was on there, I'd been three days in, we found out that the UK put, um, basically they took away the travel corridor for the, for, um, for the Greek islands. So as soon as I got God. back, it was 14 days quarantine. But surprisingly I did, I think for, I surprisingly like coped really well with it. And I think that, um, not many people did, I think not, not many people did cause they're, but for me, I was so busy with work when I got back and was almost feeling like a little bit, um, with work and then kind of feeling a little bit out of sorts because of the weather change and stuff. I tend to kind of get a little bit of a cold when that happens. So then as soon as that happened, I thought, oh my God, I'm going to get sick. So I just kind of self isolated my, I would have self isolated myself anyways with that, but, um, surprisingly it was fine. (laughs) Um, so that's good. That's good.
1: That's good that you didn't feel um, that, you know, Greece was taking it, the property there, the hotel there was taking it pretty seriously and you felt safe there. And I'm sure like on, you know, on a hotel, you can distance yourself away from everyone, whereas on a plane, you can't.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's kind of the crazy thing. I think trains as well have been, because I went, I've done a lot more local trips. Like recently, I went to Cornwall, um, St. Ives in the UK, which is absolutely gorgeous. It's an amazing place. Like there's lots of really cool places to stay in the UK. And A lot of times, too, we're still on trains, but at least there you can try to space as you can. Um, sometimes they'll be busy, sometimes it's not. It just depends mm-hmm. on the time baby, that you go. Um, and we have an upcoming trip, um, this weekend actually to Hampshire nice. in the countryside, so it'll be kind of the same thing with there, just kind of all right, what time, like, what times can we take the train where it doesn't seem like sure. we don't think it's going to be that busy? Um, because I like to time things as like when there's not that many people around, yeah. um, because I hate. I, I don't I'm not the biggest fan of crowds so like for me this is I just, think this we is all are really I know we're
1: all the first thing I about thinking I'm like how do we avoid people <laughs> how yeah. do we avoid crowds
2: <laughs> yeah um that's probably my number one rule when I travel too is like I I don't mind getting up early. Like, my, my boyfriend's very used to now me being like we got to get up early and he's like why I was like you know I cannot be In a place where it's too busy. And that that was pre-COVID anyway. So I was like, this is just
1: Yeah. (laughs) You're like, this is just me in my natural (laughs)
0: habits.
1: (laughs) That's great. See, it came, it's coming to a good use then, you being that way (laughs) before then. Yeah. So I want to know, Denise, what is the bougiest trip you've ever been on personally?
2: Oh gosh. Um Um, I wouldn't say bougie, but my most expensive trip, I think it's Tromso. I have to, and like, I'm trying to think of like, how much I spend. Because that one wasn't like the bougiest, but it was Uh expensive because of the location. Yeah. 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 So Tromso, Nori, actually it was like probably like it's almost a year now. So we went last year, a good group of friends of mine went last year, I wrote a blog about it too. Um, We actually went for Arctic Pride. Bunch of good gay friends who um, yeah. who I love and adore, and they were like, we want to go to Norway for Arctic Pride. Do you want to go? And they know I'm a huge supporter too. So it's one of the things I was like, yeah, that sounds like fun. And I was like, so what are we going to do when we're there? Um, so the good thing about that is actually my friends who are travel um, travel advisors. I think they're called the travel architects. So um, they they basically planned the trip out for us, and it was amazing time. Um, I think you know, we, we did dog sledding. We saw the Northern Lights multiple times, which we were super, super lucky wow. for. That's cool. Um, it was freezing and, I'm um, being, you know, a Filipino Californian girl, I was <laughs> panicking, but it wasn't too bad. Um, but it's like my friends and I say this all the time. It's probably the best trip we've been on so far. Nice. So like, what that of one, the- I- was that? So, yeah, it was winter. It was winter. winter okay. So it's, yeah, so it's November timeframe. So it's, it's a good time to go because that's when the, um, the Northern lights are good. But like, I think two weekends, we were really lucky because two weekends before the guide that we took said that, um, oh yeah, we just had to chase all night for it. And he drove them to Finland to go see. All oh my gosh. There, to go see it. And like, we saw, we went, we were on this beach really close by not too far from where where from Tromso. um, and we were able to see it really early in the night. So it was just one of those. That's amazing. Know, like, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think cost wise, that's probably the yeah. one of the bigger ones. I'd say Havar was also really was a bougier trip. I went there for a friend's um, birthday and we were at a resort, hired boat, was partying at the clubs and all that nice. stuff. Nice. So <laughs> so yeah. That definitely adds up quite a bit and like it's up in and a lot of my friends and I, we do like, we, we indulge in like, you know, great food and stuff. And there were, there were days where we we're like, all right, what's the cheaper meal? <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'd say like, those are pretty, those are pretty up there. I was supposed to do a, a big tri- um, trip to Bali this year, which was mm. probably would have talked me over on one of my bougier trips because it was for the same friend's 40th birthday. Oh, <laughs> but unfortunately COVID canceled it. So um, oh. maybe next year if, it, if, if it clears up, but we'll see.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah, I love that. Havar and Tromso, both in Europe.
2: Yeah, both
0: in Europe. <laughs> yeah, both in Europe. <laughs> yeah, I think T2. right now yeah. it's time for the T2A Q2A, which is the Ticket to Anywhere Quick to Answer segment. Okay. And Ooh. the first question is, why do you travel? Oh,
2: gosh. Um, I travel to learn, um, to learn about other cultures, um, to eat, to um, to kind of just see what's out there. Um, and I think it's really kind of helped me a lot in being, you know, much more open-minded and empathetic person. Though I do suffer from a little bit of RBF. So on a normal basis, so I it wouldn't nor- normally look like that. So.
1: <laughs> awesome. Love that. So do you have a routine or ritual when you get to a new place or a new city or a new country?
2: Probably when I, when I arrive, well, figuring out where I have to go, like my, my lodging, unpacking my stuff. But um, usually I'm there. I'm, I'm basically trying to figure out I'll, I'll sometimes we'll have like a light itinerary and say, all right, where am I going to next? And mm-hmm. it's usually downloading the map too, to make sure that I have, like, I know where I'm going. So Google ads is probably my best friend. when it comes Yeah. To all
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Or, all right. So what has been your best travel purchase before or during a trip? this is gonna make me sound so pretentious and I don't want to
2: say <laughs> no okay. just do no. it you have okay. to you know,
0: um
2: when I went to Paris with my family um I bought a Chanel bag yes <laughs> and that was, hey. was kind of my um that was my uh treat to myself because I kind of knew it was when it was going to be cheaper for me to buy being someone yeah. who's in the U.S. because you get the vat back um mm-hmm. and at the time I knew that they were going to Had a price increase, and it was kind of my dream bag and like Mm. ultimate luxury thing that I wanted to have for a while. So I like made my family go with me to the (laughs) Ruta (laughs) Combo. Uh, store and they just kind of like sat on the side while I was like <laughs> <about it>. so-
1: <laughs> while you were getting fed champagne while shopping for yeah. your bag right yeah.
0: <laughs> but that's kind of like experience right that's the travel experience yeah. yes
1: absolutely yeah, yeah shopping in one of those stores yeah absolutely
0: yeah I would say if you have to say what's the most
2: expensive that was probably <laughs> yeah. yes uh, there you go uh, everything that comes afterwards are probably like experiences probably more than anything else so like a paragliding thing or some, of course, I'm sure there's something. So. Of
1: course, oh, love it. Well, Denise, it was so wonderful chatting with
2: you. Why didn't you yeah. let everyone know where they can find you? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram. My Instagram is it's Denise Cast. So I T S C E N I S E C A S. Because my last name's too long to actually have on <laughs> it. <laughs> and then if you want to find my blog, it's denisecast.com. So no
1: it's on that one. Perfect. (laughs) We loved learning all about you know how you got sponsored to go work in London, being from Mm -hmm. LA, being from California, and letting Mm -hmm. us know how you travel and how I can aspire to buy Chanel bags (laughs) whenever I'm in Paris.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it was a lot of saving for that. I'll just yeah.
1: (laughs) That is okay. It's worth every penny, (laughs) every euro, every pound. (laughs) Yeah. All right, everyone. Again, this has been another episode of Ticket to Anywhere with Denise Castaneda. Go ahead, find her on social media, connect with her. She has some wonderful imagery and great travel tips and travel guides. Ticket to Anywhere podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, um, and
0: YouTube. The most important where you can watch (laughs) this. But where else are we streaming, Trizzy? Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Pocket Cast. Check us out there. Thank you again, Denise. Until the next time, check us out. Take care, Thank y'all. you, Denise. <laughs>